Abba Yahweh, thank you for this day of worshiping and gathering with others of your calling, Father God, and other believers in your house of worship, Father, in your house. And thank you, Father, for, <laughs> for the answer to that prayer that you brought me, the direction you knew, the tearing you knew. <laughs> Father God, as I gave it to you and you answered, as you always do, took me where I needed to be. Thank you, Father God, so much that you always do that faith in you, the detour is the road, no matter which way it goes. Father God, thank you for this day, the sharing of your word, the gathering with others. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to be a conduit again in your treasury to share and bless others. And in that, I am blessed, Father God for the uplifting, the edification, and if need be, the admonishment to Father God. Because you know that sometimes it's, it's necessary and it's there. Father God, for those that have an ear, let them hear. And remove the scales from their eyes so that they can open their eyes and see. Father God, Abba Yahweh, Aman. Yeshua, Aman, Baraklitos, Aman. So, brothers and sisters, today was in the house of the Lord, and I'm going to share what those utterances were about because I, I think it's, it's very important and it's relevant. It's so beautiful that God does this. So I had a tearing uh, in my heart. I really wanted to go, and I wanted to see some people that I haven't seen for quite a while but love them. Brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, and they're, they're believers, true believers, true believers, um, and I believe that they are uh, salt of the earth, good salt of the earth, not diluted and needs to be tossed out of the dung pile that Jesus Christ spoke of uh, when he delivered that in the Sermon on the Mount. So at any rate, um, I wanted to see them. I haven't seen them for a while. My heart was wanting to go there. Um, it's quite a distance to travel, but that doesn't matter. What What's the difference? I mean, God... I've shared with you in that when God comes in the song, The Rescue, which is beautiful, um, awesome song, and, he's, and he will march no matter the distance, no matter how, how far the distance, what the distance, and he will go. So what's the problem with driving a distance to get to worship? But at any rate, two different directions. And then, of course, there's the home church and... and um, so I said, Father, I just, when I get there, you will take me the direction I need to go. And I got down to the portion of the freeway to either continue and go that distance to visit, uh, which would have been good, or to home church, and he took me to home church. And why do I say that? Why do I believe that? Because there was word delivered today at home church that I needed to hear or that I should hear. And it was confirmation, more confirmation. And then, of course, there will be those that will argue, well, if you went over there, how do you know that it wasn't going to happen over there too? Or that, you know, you always get that. And that's fine, whatever. 
<laughs> I gave it to God and God took me where he wanted to go. So when you have those that want to do that's see for me, that's white noise. And that's what people do. They lean into the white noise of the enemy that distracts and um, leads into that little subtle, um, not necessarily meant to be a bad thing. But see, here's here's how the devil works. And and uh, lead pastor uh, was teaching today, and he was sharing that that the little subtleties of things that are not necessarily intended to be bad, and they're not intended to be that, but they keep drawing away from the goodness of the fellowship with the brethren. We are gathered, we are a gathering people. It's in the Hebrews. I've shared that with you. We're intended to be gatherers and meters and coming together. Um, but that white noise that people, even members of the church body and those that claim to be Christian and claim that title, and yet they divert, overt, and they subtrovert, um, and sometimes they're not meaning to be bad about anything, but they just... It takes them and draws them away from the goodness of the word and the Lord and the fellowship. And they're willing to lean toward those things that are not necessarily evil or wicked, but with the white noise of the enemy putting in, well, you know what? It's okay if you go over here and do this because you're, you're not going out and carousing and you're not doing that. And so, you know, yeah, so it's Sunday, but it's okay. And this is subtle white noise. And the enemy will attack subtly. This is what I shared with you when I talk about the Chaldeans and how they are guerrilla fighters and they are really good at the art of camouflage and they attack from distance, um, fantastic archers. And then you have the serpents and the scorpions. These are all Bible speak for demons that work for Lucifer, Satan, Beelzebub, fear, liar, whatever you want to call him. That is his name. Those titles all belong to him and they are all describing the enemy who looks to take us away from what we are to be about. And this is important that we pay attention to these things. And I love the fact that <laughs> the pastor was, um, he was talking about things that I've shared with you, and this is confirmation. Now, I share that with you, not to say, all right, yeah, right, wow, that's really cool. No, no, no. Cease and desist with any manner of thought process to that way. This is about the glory of God. Father, Abba, Yahweh, the glory of Jesus Christ, because we're talking about things out of the scriptures from the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that is the light in the dark world, the breaking world, the crumbling world, and the darkness that is here, and the even more darkness that Jesus Christ said is yet to come. So brothers and sisters, let's understand something really, really well. Let me really put an emphasis on this. I'm underlining. You Can you tell by my tonation? Here's an underlying factor. Yeah, it's going to get darker. And for all you out there that want to be doom and gloomers and not pay attention to this stuff, you are making a very, very grave mistake. 
reading only the parts of the Bible that want to talk about the lilies of the valley, the lilies in the field, and all the miracles and all the things that are going on, you are missing. And this is a subtle attack that the enemy uses, the white noise that he gets you to do. Why? Because he wants you not to be aware of his coming, his movements, and be aware that he is looking to attack you. He doesn't want you to see that. He doesn't want you to pay attention to it. He wants to be able to come in and before you know it, he's you feel this nudge on your shoulder and then you look to your other shoulder and you see this grisly, nasty, sci-fi movie, Hollywood is claw thing that's got you by that shoulder and pulling you in. See, that's the way they work. Guerrilla warfare, we used to call that when I was in the service in the military, guerrilla warfare. So they can get as close to you without you knowing it or without you realizing it, and then they plunge the dagger into your heart. Sound kind of gruesome, but it's factual and it's the truth. Wake up, open your eyes, and quit just reading the good parts of the book. That's like people that go into the bookstore and they grab a book, they read on the dust cover, the synopsis, I'm not going to like that book. And then they don't ever read it. You know, and I kind of thought about that with uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. You know, I had this shared by a very dear friend, um, you know, to get me started reading it. And then I read the first book and then I had to get the second book and the third book. Oh my gosh. The guy can write and it was powerful. And I used to have dreams I have dreams when I of things that are in the Bible and that are that are so vivid and the Lord delivers these things to me. And when I was reading that, I was seeing some of these things. Brothers and sisters, it was so powerful. I was dreaming color. I was hearing the horns and the trumpets and all the things up there. And I read cover to cover. But there's a lot of people that won't do that. They won't bother. They read the synopsis and then they put the book down. Eh, I didn't like it. I wasn't going to like it. And what? You didn't even read the context of the, of the of the book. How do you know? Yeah, I know enough. Well, see, people try to do the Bible that way. Now, I don't want to read all that stuff. That's all about darkness and doom and gloom. And that's all prophecy. Prophecy is all prophecy scary stuff. Excuse me. Our Lord Jesus Christ declared, and you see it in Matthew 24, he talks about the coming of this darkness and the coming of the enemy and the things that were going to come and happen to those true believers before the return of the Son of Man. Incidentally, that would be him. The Son of Man, that's Jesus Christ. And before the return of the Son of Man, that things are coming. And then when he speaks about certain things, he talks, and this is only the beginning of sorrows. Brothers and sisters, things are not going to be beautiful and coming up roses and daisies everywhere and smelling of lemony freshness every time you turn a corner around somewhere. It's really not very pleasant and you have to see with reality. Take the scale, pray the scales removed from your eyes and see the reality. That doesn't mean that we dwell there, Okay. The focus is on God, the Son of God, and the Spirit of God, the Holy Trinity that is ours, where our power and strength comes from. He did not create us with, the, with fear. 
he did not create us to be fearful, but he created us to have power. And that power and authority was given to us by Jesus Christ himself. He told the disciples, that would be you and me, through biblical, biblical teaching, because as true believers that we are disciples. We are called to share the gospel. That's our calling. That is our purpose. Whether you stand on the pulpit behind a dais and you've been specially anointed by God in order to do that, because those that are called to stand behind the pulpit are called specifically for that. And then there are those that are within the body that are called to do administrative works and things like that. But it's all to spread and share and be able to do things and give back. Brothers and sisters, we're all called to do these things. We are called and God has anointed us all, given us that aspect of coming and giving back. Brothers and sisters, don't look at things and say, well, I don't get to do that or I don't get, I wanted to do that. God already knows what you're capable of. You might not be capable. You think that you are, but once you get into it, you keep falling down and busting your grill. That would be your teeth. You keep tripping and falling down because you have no idea how to apply or what to do. Brothers and sisters, that's all well and good. However, you have to understand that there are certain things that you can do and are better suited to. Nothing wrong with that. Trust that God knows what he's doing. You might find this hard to believe, but you can't see him. And how do you know? Well, open your eyes, look around and see what he's created. I've shared with you before about, I don't know why it was just a Christmas song. Joy to the world, the Lord has come, that earth receiver king. Well, brothers and sisters, that's not just intended for Christmas. If you read through the lyrics, you will see that it's a declaration that Jesus Christ has come and a prayer that earth would receive its king, her king. And praying to, and heaven and nature say, the Bible speaks specifically that when we are asked by God and you try to lay out the excuse to him that you didn't know or you didn't realize or didn't see any of this coming, he is just going to look at you and say, why do you lie to me? You have no excuse. I was asking you to come and be on. You can't even be honest with me face to face. Why didn't you just look around you? You have no excuse because heaven and nature sing and proclaim the glory of God, the Father, the creator and maker of all things made. Come on, brothers and sisters, let's wake up to this fact, okay? Let's take the sugar coating off the gospel, which is part of the problem and the weakness in the church there is now, is that everybody wants to tiptoe through the tulips and pour sugar over sometimes the harsh reality of the gospel because it is there. And the gospel talks about the deception. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. That is in Ephesians 5, 6, and 7. The gospel of Jesus Christ is written and shared by Paul. 
in his letter to the church in Ephesus. But here's the thing that we have to understand that, that this writing, this letter that Paul gave is talking about, that and, and in particular this church here, uh, the church was pretty much surrounded by pagan beliefs and pagan, you know, you had Romans and you had Greeks and you had, all, and they all worshiped false deities and you had different groups that were coming in and being, trying to be united as one body of Christ in the church at Ephesus. So, G, so Paul delivered this letter to the church at Ephesus to encourage them and uplift them to be as that one body, which I share with you, brothers and sisters, that's what we have to be. <coughs> and I'm going to share with you from, as uh, my lead pastor did, I'm going to read through this uh, fairly quickly. Um, but it's an important aspect from the church at Ephesus. And it talks about, um, you know, some people take this, and I, t- I told you that people are going to seek offense no matter what. So if you seek offense, you're going to find in there. They say that this is scripture, says that the Bible's talking, it's okay to, about slavery. Well, that's not what it says. You got to read it and open your ears. So I'm actually going to start at that point, and then I'm going to share with you here. So in Ephesians 6, starting at verse 5, servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart and unto as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will doing the service as the Lord and not to men knowing that whatsoever good things any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Now remember, I shared that with you. So what Paul is talking about there is not slavery, but employers and employees. And I have to remind myself at times that I am doing this because God brought me here for a purpose. He brought me here for a reason. some reason. I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but he's driving me through this thing. And that's okay because he's leading. So I'm following. And I am so blessed by being able to do what I'm doing here now. And perhaps if I didn't come to this place that I wouldn't be doing this very thing that I love to do or I wouldn't be meeting the people that I'm meeting and sharing with them and doing what they're doing. And maybe that person I shared with you, that motorcycle trip that and that card I shared with that man that I was intended to meet, that perhaps I'm meeting people in my job that I was intended for, that they had been praying and somebody else was not able to bring that word to them like I am able to through the knowledge and power and wisdom of God and his blessing. So he brought me here and I'm here. So what I have to do is is change my thought process and my mindset, which used to just rattle my tree terribly because there are employees that quite honestly are just absolutely pathetic, lazy, and just won't do their job and they're only collecting their paycheck. Well, I can't let that rattle my tree that I do and correct what they're not doing and do it and that I have to do that work unto the Lord because he brought me here. That's what Paul is talking about here, that no matter what, that you do your work unto the Lord and not unto those men or women. And at the same time, that they don't treat you 
crappily or badly or mistreat you, misinform you, and do those things because they're in charge. Because they're not really. Maybe you don't understand that, but they're not really in charge. They're only being allowed to be a manager or a co-manager or a shift leader or something like that. Um, that they're being allowed to do that because they had certain skill set. So in doing those things that they have that skill set for, they can't treat you like crap because they're in charge in the eyes of men. This is what Paul's talking about in the eyes of men. That's what that's about. But you still have to perform as unto the Lord. And if you do that, brothers and sisters, trust me, this it, it's far better. Okay, it's far better that you think of those good things, focus on the good things, elevate your vision, and look from a higher perspective. So when you're on a really high place, or if you're in an airplane, you look out, and you're flying cross-country, if any of you have had that opportunity, you look out the window... Um, and you look down, you don't see the hills and the valleys like we see them. It's actually pretty doggone flat. And then when you look out forward, you see no valleys and you see no mountains. It looks pretty flat. So from our perspective, we got all these hills and the valleys and the darkness and the shadows and all this stuff that we got to trudge through and walk through and all this stuff. But from God's perspective, it's all pretty flat. But he's going to reach down into the valley because... He sees you if you have to be walking through there. He sees you and he's with you. If you're up on top of the mountain, you have to remember that he helped get you there. So, brothers and sisters, it's a matter of perspective. Look from the higher perspective. So let me continue in Ephesians 6. Continue reading. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether it be bond or free. And ye masters do the same things unto them for learning, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. So I've shared that with you. God doesn't respect, he respects no member of mammon, none of us. And that means it doesn't matter what you have, what you don't have, what you look like, what you smell like. Um, it, none of that matters to him. What matters is the character of the heart. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, the subtle attacks of the enemy, the wiles that he comes in, that white noise interference that he gets even members within the church body to listen to and turn away from going to church every Sunday. They, and that's those little subtle attacks, those little subtle attacks to keep you from being aware of him. And that you're even under attack at all. But brothers and sisters, let me tell you this stuff. When you believe in Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of the Father God, the creator of all things, maker of all things made, and the Holy Spirit, and just because you're getting in a closer walk, that does not mean that you're protected from the enemy. That just means that you have backup. The enemy's going to keep coming. He's going to keep trying to knock you off that walk. And brothers and sisters, I pray for your uprightness and your boldness that you don't fall off the edge of that walk and then just keep walking away and walk into the shadows. I pray for your boldness, your uprightness, and your strength. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, claiming his blood and the power of the Lord God Almighty and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, 
All praiseworthy that they strengthen you, keep you bold and upright, and that you look and to God because that's the strength, brothers and sisters. The enemy is going to keep coming at you. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, brothers and sisters, the elected officials are following the puppet master. We still need to pray for them. And here in that verse itself, and I love this, that our pastor was sharing this. Why are we at odds with one another? BLM, LGBTQ, RST, NOP, the alpha folks, any of that stuff. None of that matters. That's flesh and blood. We're not to be at enmity with flesh and blood. We pray one for another. We uplift one another. The ideologies are not the person. I've shared this with you before. The ideology is not the person. What they follow and choose to do is not that person. And there are people that can't get that concept in their mindset and they think that it's synonymous. It's not synonymous. What that person believes does not make that person. Jesus Christ didn't agree with a lot of things that were being done, but he still loved everyone. He despise religion. Why? Because they choose to put God in a little card box and only let him out when it's convenient for a little ritual. Well, they still do that. There are many that still do that. And yet they call themselves a Christian. Not so. That's the truth. Get your knickers in a twist over that and be offended. Remember what I share all the time. Seek offense. You will find offense. But the truth is the truth. It doesn't matter. If you're offended by the truth and the word of God, I pray for you. That's just your ideology. That doesn't make you a bad person. That just makes you a distracted person. That makes you a person that's driving in the rough instead of on the green. Oh, there's an analogy. Pardon me. I got to take a turn here. So if anybody's played golf, you have the woods, the rough, and the green. And then you have the putting green, uh, the green. That's the that's the lowest cut of the grass, nice and firm. And you get a putt and you go into the, the, the cup or the hole. And then you have the fairway, which is okay, but the grass is a little taller. And then you have the rough, which is absolutely off the edge of the fairway. You want to try to stay on the fairway and stay on the good path. And then eventually get to the green, which is the best part of the golf course to be on. And then, of course, you have the woods. Well, there you go. You have some people that are out there in the woods and they're bumping into stuff and it's very, oh, the go is terrible. And they're out there. And sometimes it's dark and they can't find their way back to the fairway, which takes you right to the green and the best place to be. Well, that's where the enemy wants to keep us. Off the path, off the path to righteousness and the end of the race, which we're in, brothers and sisters, we're in a race. And we have to look away from fighting with one another because it's the principalities and those that are in darkness and being puppeted by them. That's where the warfare is. This is why God made us armor. Why do you think God tells us to be of good courage, be strong, be bold, be upright, and have faith in him, be not afraid because he's with us wherever we go, and he made us a suit of armor. Hello, brothers and sisters. 
Jesus Christ talked about he didn't come for peace like, uh, you know, the Christmas song talks about, uh, you know, joy to the world and peace and all that stuff. That's all nice to to be and pray and think about and toward, but that is not happening because Satan is at enmity with us and with God. And he sends his minions after us. And Jesus Christ himself said, I did not come to bring peace. I came and there is a sword at enmity. I will put you at odds and at variance with your very own family. And why is that? Because we're a peculiar people. I keep sharing that. And that's in the scripture. We are a peculiar people. Why? Because we don't follow along what everybody else is doing. We're not supposed to. And so they think that we're weirdos, oddballs. They they use all manner of adjectives. But brothers and sisters, we are right here in the word of God, it tells us we are. So wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loin skirt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what we share. But because the world is filled with darkness and there are those that choose not to follow, they're going to be at odds. But brothers and sisters, we still bring the gospel. That doesn't mean that we don't bring the gospel and that we don't share the light and we don't talk about that because that is what we are called to do. That is our, that's my purpose. I am about my father's business. He had called me to do so and I will do so. And on my going out, my coming in, I pray that you're bold enough and strong enough to stand up to do so. Above all, taking on the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Brothers and sisters, I've shared that with you before. The saints, that's us. We are called the saints. You don't need to be canonized. You don't have to have a church ritual and a, you know, one of those things that they bring out their little carved box that they let God live in while he's in church and then they have a special canonization to make you a saint. That's not how it's done. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. You have faith in God. You walk in the Spirit and have the Spirit of truth and have the Holy Spirit to guide you. You're a saint. And the prayers that we send to God, he saves the prayers of the saints in little golden vials because they're a sweet savor to his nose. He likes it because it's a sweet-smelling incense. That was declared to John on the island of Patmos. That is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the truth of the knowledge and wisdom of God the Father. That is what we're to be about. Not about being at warfare with those other groups and that group and this group. And here's the other thing too. I shared this with you in the Old Testament when Joshua was getting ready to go down into the valley of Jericho and he walked and there was somebody standing over there on the other side of the path and had a sword drawn and was facing Joshua. 
And he says, hey, are you with us or with them? He didn't recognize the individual right away. I'm paraphrasing, of course, because the scripture doesn't say that. I can go back to that and find that scripture and share it with you, but that's not what that's about. So he encountered this person before he was going down. He said, hey, are you on our side or their side? And that person simply responded, nay, which translates to no, in case you didn't get it. The captain of the hosts of heaven is on no side. Joshua immediately knew that he was standing in the presence of the Son of God, who is called the captain of the hosts of heaven. And he threw himself down because he was on holy ground. And he then realized, and this is what I'm talking about, brothers and sisters, that we wrestle against principalities and the angels of darkness. We're not wrestling about the Republicans or the Democrats or the Libertarians or the Free Willers or the Green people, all those folks. That's not what this is about, brothers and sisters. The white noise and interference of the devil, the Satan and his minions, put that thought into our heads. That's a Democrat. I'm not going to pray with that Democrat. I'm not going to sit next to them. At your, oh, I'm going to car over here to this side of the church. Oh my gosh, now he's at that end, or she's at that end of the coffee counter. I'll just wait till they're gone. What is that all about? That's exactly what the devil wants you to be like. He wants that separation. This is not about their ideologies, brothers and sisters. The captain of the hosts of heaven and the Lord God Almighty doesn't recognize any of that. They recognize the character of your heart. So what's this character that you're going to choose? Are you going to feed the white dog or the black dog? Remember I shared that analogy with you? What nature do you feed best? That's what it is. The bottom line, period. Do you look to nurture kindness grace, mercy, and the love of God that you wouldn't even be able to share with your spouse if you didn't have the love of God in you first. That's the way it is in this plane of existence because if it wasn't for God, you just wouldn't have, brothers and sisters. And that goes to a beautiful, loving marriage because that love that you think all comes from yourself doesn't come from yourself. It wells up because God Put it there. God planted it there because parts of God and his virtue are in all of us. He made us that way, brothers and sisters. He made us that way. We have to remember this, brothers and sisters. The enemy seeks to sift and devour, to separate us. And I share that with you because, oh, let me flip back over here. I got to find it because this, this is in, in Luke. Where are we at here? Sorry. This is my marker. And this was, uh, you remember when Peter declared to uh, Jesus Christ when he was last supper and he was doing all this stuff with the disciples that were in the upper room and they were sharing with him, um, When he's saying, but he's talking about 
<clears throat> he's getting ready to leave. And he's getting ready to go. And Peter's declaration to him was thinking that he was going to be this great guy. He says, oh, Jesus, Jesus, I'll, I'll go with you. Anyway, I'll go, I'll go to my death if that's what it means that I have to do. And here's the thing. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So all the time that Peter's walking with Jesus Christ, he has not actually converted yet. Why? Because he still thinks with his fast mind and he's very impulsive, which I'm glad God's slowing me down on, on that. And because I, there, I would very much like Peter, and sometimes I still go into that. And that's not a bad place to be, but this is the issue that Peter had. And he jumped right on, and he said, I'm ready to go with you, Lord, wherever you go, both into prison and to death. And then Jesus responded. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou even knowest me. And Peter, I'm sure, was heartbroken and sought the offense in that part of, the, of Jesus' word. But you remember when they came and they took Jesus from the garden? Jesus had some things to say. So why do you come to me now with this band like you're coming to grab some thief? And I stood amongst you in the synagogue. I spoke with you. You had opportunity, but you didn't put your hand on me then. And this was because they actually feared the people because there were those that really rallied to the words that Jesus spoke and was teaching. And the Pharisees actually feared them more. Sad. They wouldn't even recognize the truth, but they were so fearful of the people that were gathering and listening to Jesus' words that they feared to do anything with them in the light. So they snuck into the garden at nighttime and Judas went up and kissed him and then they grabbed hold to him. And of course, remember that Peter, with his impulsive behavior, he whacked off the ear and Jesus healed that right there on the spot. And they were all, were they amazed that? No, they continued with the process of the crucifixion, took him to trial. And then we know that there were witnesses that were outside and Peter was standing around the fire barrels, um, you know, with them and they recognized his face in the light of the fire. And they said, hey, you're that guy. You were with him. Oh, not me. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea. And then he turned and went to another fire pit. And then they looked up and they saw his face in the flame and they're in the light of the flame. And they're, hey, Aren't you one of those guys, what are they called? Uh, one of his disciples, the follower, the rabbi, Jesus Christ, the teacher. You were with him. I saw you at some of the, some of the gatherings. It seems like many of them, you were always, no, 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 no. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have, no, that's not me. You are mistaken. Then he went to the third fire. And then the process started again where a woman there, and she recognized him, she started to speak, and he started to deny before she, he could even finish the denial. What did he hear in the distance? 
the rooster crowing three times. I can imagine in my mind's eye, I can see him over the fire, rubbing his hands together and looking down at the fire and just trying and just not even looking at the woman and saying, no, no, you're wrong, you're mistaken. And then he hears the rooster and he quickly turns his head into the darkness and looks away in the direction that he can hear the rooster crowing. And then he just turns and he runs out into the darkness. And the scripture tells us that Peter ran outside the gate and threw himself down on the ground and wept bitterly because he had done what Jesus Christ said he would do. Brothers and sisters, we have to do some serious self-examination. We really, really do. And this is the white noise, and I love this, the confirmation that I share with you in this, that pastor was sharing about this, and I've shared with you. And this comes from the white noise of the enemy. He convinces you to fill yourself, save yourself, and do those things. Don't worry about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to help save others and afford them the opportunity to be saved. Don't do that. Worry about yourself. And fill yourself. Don't help those in need. Just take care of yourself. And brothers and sisters, we don't intend to be bad. But we have to remember that our struggle is not in flesh and blood. We have to remember that it's against the enemy and the powers of darkness, those principalities that are from the darkness. And I'm going to share a couple of things too that also come from the scripture, but I have, I watched this one particular program and I love this program. It's called Returning the Favor. It's a little entertainment. I don't have TV, so I watch this soon. But there are a couple of things from one of the programs that I want to share. And we have to remember this as true believers, not the watered-down version, the polluted, deluded, those. But true believers, we have to remember, and we have to have spiritual integrity. I've shared that with you before. We must take responsibility for the energy you bring to this space. So what is that energy that we bring? Remember, brother and sister, I've shared with you the white dog and the black dog. I shared that analogy with you that, that the young man went to the pastor. And you have those two dogs. And then the pastor said, well, how did it end? Which dog won? And the young man simply answered, well, the dog I fed best. And I've shared with you from Dr. Jeremiah, one of my other teachers, and he shared about the two natures that beat within his chest. One the, uh, he loves, the other he detests, and which one is going to do. And this is the character of our heart, brothers and sisters, that God sees. He doesn't care what we have or we don't have, what position we think that we have in this society. He didn't care about that. He only cares about the character of your heart. And here's the other thing that was in that program, and I love this. This is actually a, I guess you would call it the motto of this particular organization. And this has to do with Natan, which is what my home church, the program that we got is that we, to build and and to tithing and, and giving extra to the church so that we can have this um, renewal 
we'll call, recycling, rebuilding, expansion and growth so that we can bring, and brothers and sisters, let me tell you what, this, the, the, <laughs> the space was limited what it was and was filled all the time and actually had to have several services because so many wanted to come and hear the teaching of the word. And this space has given us opportunity and it fills all the time. But here's, here's what, given of God to give to others, Natan. And I love the fact and happened to be watching that when I got back after church and was watching this. And their motto is, look inward and give outward. So as with Natan, with Home Church, looking inside to share in the growth and the possibilities that were given so that we could expand and share with other people the good news that Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, Lord and Savior, has come for our sake to give us the opportunity to be saved. Be saved by grace and faith, not by our works and what we do, but by what God wants to give us. And he gives it to us free. Nothing you can do can pay for it. Nothing you can do. How are you going to pay? How are you going to repay Jesus Christ stepping off the throne, which has absolute heavenly royalty? So how are you going to pay for that anyway? And how are you going to pay him back for the fact that he stepped down off the throne, came down here, left his crown back up there, gave up a whole bunch of his heavenly virtues and walked on this earth as a man? Trust me, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ did not float above the ground and... <laughs> he walked this earth as a man, aware of all the things. And this was agreed upon because this would be our benefit that we would say he was here amongst us. He knew it wasn't just this, like uh, in so many things, in, in so many religions, which he detested, that they do ritualistically. He was our sacrificial lamb, but he knew what we were going through and about, and everything about what he did was about us, not about him. We must be that same way, brothers and sisters. We must be about the good news to give everyone an opportunity to say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to be saved. And brothers and sisters, that's my father's business. That's what I'm about. My father's business that you might have the opportunity if you have not, so that you go to heaven. That's going to be a great place. And then you'll be able to share time with all your loved ones that have gone. That's the place to be. That's the end. You have to hold on. You have to have faith. You have to believe. And all this darkness that Jesus Christ talked about the beginning of the coming of sorrows and the darkness that must ensue before the return of the Son of Man the mighty lion of the tribe of Judah that will return because he said he will. Every promise and everything that God has shared and shown, it was prophesied that he come. He did. It would, was prophesied that he'd be teaching and all the things, he, and he did. It was prophesied that he would die, and he did. It was prophesied that he would be buried and rise again, and he did. And he promised that he will come again. He will. Watch out, because here he comes. Be blessed. I pray for you on your going out and your coming in the strength and boldness and courage to stand up 
like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They stood up against, not confrontationally, the mightiest king of their time at that time, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, the greatest empire and powerful. But they stood up and they said, we will not bow to your false gods and eat of the food from your false gods and from your temples. We will pray to our God, we will believe our God, thrown in the den, a lion's thrown in the furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar was thrown to his knees and wandered around like an animal eating grass, and then turned and confessed and professed the power of Almighty God. And he saw the Son of God in the, in the furnace. Why is there a fourth like unto the Son of God? Brothers and sisters, be blessed. Have a great day.